It is a riddle that has flummoxed uh, medical professionals for a long time, certainly before the pandemic. Why are people not seeking out medical treatment in a timely manner, especially if they know that it may require hospitalization? Why are they leaving hospitals early? Uh, there's some clarity and some interesting answers to those questions, and we welcome Tiff- Tiffany Braley, who is an associate professor of neurology at the University of Michigan Health, who looked into this. Uh, Tiffany Braley, welcome to the Paul W. Smith Show. Hello, guys. Thank you for having me on the program. I appreciate it. So why do people put this off? Well, we are studying one particular reason that patients may be putting off or deferring health care, um, and as, not only in the pandemic, but as you mentioned, even in the pre-pandemic. Um, re, uh, a, recently, our group has been interested in um, the impact of pets on human health and specifically how pet care needs affect the outcomes and decision-making of people who are hospitalized. Uh, we realized that um, through our clinical experiences that I think we've all encountered patients who have had to defer medical treatments and realized that as we were seeing our patients that this may actually be quite a common problem. And um, we recently conducted a survey um, of prior patients and um, family members of patients at the University of Michigan that suggests, in fact, that there are quite a few patients who own pets who actually do end up deferring medical care or basing their medical decisions on uh, the welfare of their pets and being able to take care of their pets. And that's you found anecdotally and in and, and other research that there were people actually leaving the hospital early, people that needed to stay there for treatment and for continued care, but they wanted to leave early because they were worried about their dog or cat at home. That's correct. So um, the, the idea to explore the issue really came from, our, like I had mentioned, our clinical observations with patients. Um, and so um, we ended up conducting a survey of 113 people, and these were people who were actually former patients from the University of Michigan or family members of patients. And among those 113 people, 63% had actually experienced difficulty, uh, reported experiencing difficulty when figuring out pet care during their own hospitalizations or the hospitalization of a loved one. And we also found that about one-third uh, said their decision or the decision of someone that they knew about whether to stay in the hospital as recommended by their medical team was actually impacted by their pet care needs. And interestingly, about 16% of respondents in the survey said that they knew of someone, um, either themselves or they knew of someone who had left the hospital against medical advice to get home to care for their pet. I mean, the 30% number is is pretty staggering, that their pet care needs are influencing their self-care needs. Do, do we know, I mean, obviously there, it speaks to a different problem out there. We know there's a shortage of daycare for parents. We know it is sometimes priced out of their reach. It sounds like that, that that's also the case when it comes to pet care, and that also they can't find family members to take their pets? That's, that's a really important point. And so certainly some people do have uh, social support and family members. Um, but a surprising number actually don't. And in some cases, uh, their pets are their, are their social network, their, their means yeah. of support. Um, and unfortunately, um, hospital systems generally don't have formalized plans in place to assess pet care needs or help provide assistance with that care for patients in the hospital who need it. Um, we do have social workers, and you know they're usually called upon to handle this task when they hear about it. Um, and they do their best to work with local organizations such as the Humane Society, who often, you know, are able to help to some extent. But often their 
Uh, the social workers are unfortunately brought into the situation usually late, uh, somewhat late in the hospital course when things have already been, unfortunately, um, patients have been in the hospital a while and they're already starting to worry. Um, and, and resources are limited. You know, there are currently no widespread programs in place just for this purpose. And so it can be very distressing for patients who, who don't have, um, you know, family or friends that they can call to help. But it really starts with intake, doesn't it? Or when you are prescribing care, it means that primary caregivers have to ask the question, you know, as we're exploring your options here, do you have pet care needs? That needs to be a fundamental question that's part of the mix. That is absolutely right. And um, currently, I'm I'm not aware anyway of any uh, hospital systems who are making this sort of a standardized practice, you know, either at the door asking patients the minute that they come into the ER or if they come into the hospital, you know, is this something that we're going to need to help you with while you're here? Or like you said, um, even in the um, outpatient setting and in, in primary care practices, having some sort of a contingency plan in advance could potentially help alleviate um, the stress and also potentially um, you know, improve the welfare of, of both patients and their pets. And one one of the concerns well, we have is that, you know, oh go ahead. <laughs> well, no, it, it sounds like maybe one of you know the easiest solution. My my uh, my eldest son lives out on the west coast, and he's involved in a foster care program for dogs, and he right now is caring for a dog that is uh, a a, fan, a service member's dog, and and the guy is going to be returning uh, after the holidays. Uh, but we could do the same thing for those that are entering the hospital, just temporary foster care, and it's not that hard to set up. You need a little bit of screening and you need volunteers, but by golly, I mean, I'd be willing to do that. That's wonderful. No, thank you. And and that's what we need. I think we need people like you who love animals who are willing to help um, and and really boost and bolster up the foster care programs. I think that's a a wonderful idea. And we are working right now with um, Michigan Humane um, and more recently here on Valley Humane Society to see if we can develop more of a formalized program for this. And and that comes from the community, right? Uh, we have to get the community involved and really increase the the number of the fosters in order to accommodate a service like this. But um, it's certainly superior to um, in-shelter care, which I think a lot of people have concerns about bringing their animal into a shelter, even temporarily, for various reasons. So, yeah, I think, a, a, you know, temporary foster programs in which the community can step in and help out would be a wonderful solution. Um, and we're trying to right now, you know, this is an ongoing um, research focus. So um, we're currently doing a follow on study to try and um, really get more to the scope and the need um, of, of this problem in the hospital, uh, asking patients about their issues while they're actually in the right. hospital to understand who really needs well, there, to it, help the most and how can we get it to them. It also takes away a source of stress that could impede their recovery from whatever they're facing. Uh, Tiffany, thank you so much. Really interesting story, and I know there's a solution out there for it. Take care and have a great day.